We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. And welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 276 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso here to give thanks for a Thanksgiving Day slate of NFL action for what occurred. Not so much uh, in the week 11 tussle between yeah. the Bears and the Falcons. Uh, plenty to get to here. Uh, I know we continue to give our state of the union each and every week on the Bears, Matt. But first and foremost, how the hell are you? That's short. Thanksgiving week. I'm, I'm doing very, very well. Just hanging out a little bit of a shorter work day. I obviously get to go out and see the family tomorrow. That's lovely. Are you, are you on, on duty for the Thanksgiving slate of games tomorrow? We're ripping baby. We're You're ripping. doing, the, Lord, you're doing the Lord's work, Joseph. NFL football means Joe's at the desk. So uh, looking forward to covering the back end of uh, the slate. The last two games, we're going to do a little mm-hmm. brunch, do a little brunch with the wife and some friends uh, earlier on in the day. What uh, what is the Grand Rooney Thanksgiving look like? I know we always kind of dive into like the what the spread looks like, but like head count me, head count. Oh, me. What it's, are we? it's it's every it's it's, it's the entirety. It's it's That's all whatever seven brothers and sisters, um, <laughs> all of their most most of their children and then children's children. Now I should say. And so now we do got you do this the in the lawless gym? Is this in the lawless? Uh, gym? Yeah, we like, actually we rent, fit everybody. It, it used to be the old gym. Now we now we've moved on to the new gym since we've gotten a little bit beautiful. Bigger. No, my my aunt Sheila is uh, is, is fortunate enough to uh, or is nice enough I should say to uh, to have fortunate every enough si- to have me in her presence on Thanksgiving. Uh, that day. obviously, but nice <laughs> enough to to host all of us, which is a. <sighs> It's a lot of people packed into a house and we're, we're sitting on some folding chairs and all that and then spreading out some tables. But, you know, it, it, it gets the job done and we have a whole bunch of turkey. I can't imagine how much food has to be bought for that thing. I mean, you know, we always podcast at a time. What good chance a number of people are listening to this while digesting turkey. Good mm-hmm. chance a number of people are listening to this uh, being talked into buying a couch that's on sale, but isn't really on sale because they marked it up $1,000 a week ago. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter when you're when you're taking in. Uh, this podcast, we're not really going to preview the three Thursday games. We are going to look back, uh, keep things sort of in line with what we've been doing in weeks past. But Matt, the Bears, they come away with another, I don't know, it would have been that same feel-good loss if not for the shoulder of Justin Fields yeah. uh, late in that ball game. I, I know a lot of people are lobbing insults at Luke Getze, running the ball on a bad hamstring, running the ball after he goes down with the shoulder the very next play. You don't want to see a lot of that. I just... I'm at the point where it's good to feel good about the quarterback, but I know we had to talk about accumulating win capital. It, mm-hmm. You want you want him to feel going on the road to his hometown, winning in that building that there might be a Super Bowl someday. You know, not big picture like that, but like you just got to start accumulating some of these experiences and him getting carted off the field felt like, um, or carted through the tunnel felt like a massive step in the wrong direction of his development. Yeah, that's tough. I'm not call, going to call it a massive step in the in the wrong direction. Not to his own accord, I, but like I'll call it's going like to cost him yeah. time. It's going to cost him games. Luckily, they're saying it's it's an AC joint, not a dislocation, which was originally reported, it, or was it dislocated or separate? Whichever dislo- uh, separation was reported. Regardless, regardless, he shouldn't play this week. If there's it, any, it, give him the week off. It's fine. They're like there's no agree. No harm he, in giving him the week off, even in um, the weeks, even in the weeks moving forward. Yeah. 
it's going to have to change the way that he plays, which I guess you could, again, big silver lining it that he's going to have to stand in the pocket and try and throw the ball. But here's the thing is that there's no pocket. So mm-hmm. I just don't know what Trevor Simeon's going to look like behind that line or how soon I want to see fields. But it was sort of that idea I was talking about not too long ago that when your quarterback plays the game this way, there's a lot of hold your breath moments every Sunday, mm-hmm. like please get up moments. And all it takes is one wrong shoulder into the ground and he's not getting up as fast. You know, luckily, luckily, it's like we said, not, uh, you know, anything incredibly serious to sprained AC joint. I think for me, I wasn't happy with Luke Getze's play calling, obviously, on the end. I don't think anybody was, but I think this might have been a, a little bit of a wake up call for Justin Fields, for Luke Getze and a little bit of how they're going to have to manage like the design runs, the play calling, because a lot of these passes do turn into runs, you know, because they're, they're undesigned, obviously yeah. there's nothing wrong with the design runs here and there. And I, I think to an extent this year probably have to do it more than they'd like to, but I think they did start to add up and much like a first year quarterback learning on the job. We do have a first year offensive coordinator learning on the job with a quarterback that is kind of unknown territory, not just for him, but for just about everybody in the NFL, not named Greg Roman, who's calling an mm-hmm. offense. So I, I don't want to say they got away with one here, but I think this game was a little bit of a, okay, we can still run, but we have to figure out ways to be a little bit more creative. And I think giving him the week off this week almost gives you a somewhat of a bye week of like, hey, like let's get back. A little bit of a work a study. Yes, yeah. let's get back to the lab a little bit. We're going to run vanilla stuff with Trevor Simeon. We're going to lose. Uh, not that, They're not saying that, obviously, but kind of just accept the fact that you're going to run Trevor Simeon and run vanilla and whatever happens, happens. And let's use this as a week to reset. And we, we talked about what Justin Fields' development is. He's going to make mistakes. It's about learning from those mistakes and how he bounces back from them. And, and pretty much for the most part this year, he's bounced back from them in shining colors just about every time he's made them. Need to mm-hmm. see that from Luke Getzey too, because he's, I think he's a very good offensive core. I think he's been a very good offensive coordinator this year. I think he's been instrumental in figuring out the best way to use Justin Fields, but I think he might've gotten a little bit ahead of himself and now probably got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Wasn't quite as, it didn't end up being as bad as it could have been. Probably now learned like, Hey, like we need to find a nice little middle ground here, figure out how to use Justin the right way while also keeping him safe. Yeah. But at the same time, like the play that he got hurt on is, rolling left trying to extend the play like that's a situation he's going to be in multiple times yeah. a sunday like extending a play trying to find someone rerouting downfield is part of mm-hmm. football and thankfully it's a part of the game that he excels at but he's going to be in those situations more often than your average quarterback because of the way he plays the game and this is just like i think this is my biggest takeaway from this is that hopefully we do have our quarterback for a contract two contracts beyond this. We win mm-hmm. championships, whatever it may be. If Justin Fields is our quarterback, we always, always, always need to have a Jacoby Brissett type backup. We need yeah. to have a Matthew Fitzpatrick type backup where the drop off is evident. Obviously he's a backup and the game plan might have to change, but a guy you can win football games with. Yes. Like I know we're not in that win now scenario, but this is something that the front office has to be looking at and saying, we need to roster two actual quarterbacks and there's actually an idea that next year in the NFL, you're going to be get uh, extra roster spot. I think it's not an active roster spot, but I don't know how they're finagling it, but they want teams to have three quarterbacks on their rosters. They don't want people like shopping a bunch of these guys off the streets. So whether it's active or inactive roster, you need to have 
two quarterbacks that can absolutely play the game and an emergency guy. That emergency role can be filled by a Trevor Simeon. Type. Yeah. I need someone behind Justin Fields for the next decade that I feel good about not ruining our season because we're six and three. Justin just got hurt. We're hopefully going to try and sneak into the playoffs or bring him back too quick because he, he's got to sit three weeks and he should be sitting six or what, you know, mm-hmm. the situations you get yeah. into with quarterbacks, I just really would feel better. You need to have a guy in, you're in comfortable playing three, three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row. Correct. If you have that can, yeah. that you can, a or guy that you feel like you can go 500 with, you need a 500 yeah. quarterback ready to roll at all times. I know that Trevor Simeon's not, or at least I don't think he's that maybe he looks, I don't know. I think he's going to look lost against this Jets defense. I think it's going to be a closer game than expected because Mike White, I, is he is Mike White or Joe Flacco? It's Mike. I believe they announced Mike oh, White. So, oh well, then yeah, uh, take I don't know. Jeez, yeah, it's going to be uh, uninteresting. I think in East Rutherford uh, at one o'clock this coming Sunday. But kind of back to what we saw, Matt, in Week Eleven. Anything else? Like I, we're going to have. Obviously, we're going to have to get a heavy dosage of David Montgomery uh, here mm-hmm. with Justin Down in a different type of offense. I think he looked. Um, that was the best he's looked in a few weeks since coming back. So. I, that's something that you can maybe lean on. I don't know. I don't. I just don't have any major takeaways other than the fact that, like, you, you got to run feel the like we, I feel like we continue to lose to teams that were better than. Um, yeah. Like if you look, just, if you look at our yeah, losses, I would agree with you that. Look at our the, losses. The last two weeks, at least for sure. Commanders, one hundred percent, were better than. Lions, they're an interesting case right now. I don't know that we're better or worse than them, but I know that's a team that we can beat. At the time, Falcons, we were. were they just kind of gave it away. And Falcons, I think, were better than. And these are games where Justin's got the ball late in the game. I know different circumstance against the Falcons mm-hmm. because he's hanging a shoulder, but um, you, you want to start seeing those those types of good things happen in those moments. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I, my big, my I guess my takeaways from that are Cole Komet's I, I, really good Cole all Com- of a sudden. Too. Cole Komet's really <laughs> good. Um, he's really coming along. I mean, that catch was absolutely Unreal. insane. Um, Darnell Mooney's starting to really separate himself. Um, I think the last couple of weeks he's been very, very good. He's made touchdown catches. I think he, would, did he make one against the Lions? I, want to say, I know it was Miami. He did last week. He mm-hmm. didn't. Not, I don't remember. I thought he had one against the Lions. Could be wrong. Um, the, I, I've gone from you know, maybe best player available at that, you know, if they're picking five or six to you need a defensive lineman. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's available after Carter and Will Anderson, but Mm -hmm. that one of those first two picks, if it's not seven, they got, they got nothing on the defense. I mean, Justin Jones is a fine rotational veteran and I'm not like, that's not trying to be disrespectful to him. Travis Gibson is a fine rotational pass rushing defensive end, but like, man, that's not a very good offensive line. And again, it's just, there's not even a lick of pressure and you have to bring pressure. And that's, you know, with a secondary that's already being asked to do too much when you're bringing pressure and leaving them out on an Island, they're getting tired because they're running around all game. They need to, and uh, they will. I don't have much doubt about it, but I'm starting to lean towards that first draft pick. Like if Jalen Carter's there, I think you just have to take him. Yeah, I completely agree with you because I'm right now I'm sifting top free agents um, this upcoming cycle. And it's thin at a lot of positions. And that kind of includes defensive line. Deron Payne yeah. uh, from Washington, I think, is the biggest name we're looking at. You got a couple corners, but that's not a place of need terribly like where we're going to spend a ton. And as good as the tackle seems, as good as Peter Skrowski seems like, yeah, offensive line is free agency. 
you have Orlando Brown, you have uh, Elton Jenkins. I think Mike McGlinch, he's a free agent too. Like Jack there's Conklin, options out there. Like there's, yeah, you, yeah, that's how they have to spend their money just out of where the resources are going to be available. As good as we, if they drafted Peter Skaronsky, I wouldn't be upset because I think they got a tackle for the next 10 years. But also mm-hmm. I think if you're going to pick, take him, you have a position that's a bigger need. So yeah. I, I think you can address Plus I, I'm still of the belief that Braxton Jones with 15 pounds of muscle at him in the off season. And, you know, he kind of grows out of the FCS body is an NFL tackle. I still think he's very good. Fundamentally. He just struggles with the bull rush at times. And I think that's something fixable in an off season. And I think you just kind of talked me to a place that we were going to get to eventually, but like, I, I just think it's from a philosophical standpoint, give me the young edge rusher and the, offensive lineman with some gray in his beard like that's uh, rather than vice versa look look what the Niners did with Trent Williams like he's yeah he was older when they picked him up and yeah you think he retweeted the clip or something yeah the Ferrari engine with an escalator like like, yeah he's 35 years old and he's he's fine like Jason Peters obviously wasn't that great with the Bears but like he was he was an elite tackle till he was 37 years old like it's sort of like you can find some older guys who can still do it where you don't have to reach in the draft is this this might be a reach here and it might be disrespectful to anyone who's ever played offensive line, but like Don't his you offensive dare disrespect I'll, me. So I'll, I'll pose it as a question. Is offensive line sort of like racquetball where like you could be the old guy who stands in the middle of the court and like dices up the young kid because you know where the ball should be, you know where your hands should be, you know where your feet should be. Sort of like there's a you can lean on technique more at that yes, position uh, as I would fully agree with that. As your athleticism starts to win. I, mean, I guess still need, you still here. need to be able to move. Okay. Um, but like, so as not long like as, racquetball. It, it, okay. <laughs> but I still, I mean, you, you can't lose all mobility. Like we saw with Jason I, I Peters last year playing tackle mm-hmm. with the bears. He was done cooked, but like also look at Jason Peters when he moved into guard with the Cowboys, he was all of a sudden like, Oh, he's still pretty good. Like yeah. as long as your body's holding up and you're keeping strength on, like you can rely on technique, maybe not as a left big, tackle big or right tackle, punch. but he's yeah, like punch him. If, yeah. if you can kick slide and you can, you can, uh, you can, uh, hard post, like, you have these tricks like that you can kind of, mm-hmm. you can be sly, I guess you can be the crafty veteran and still hold up and be okay. Provided that the body holds up. So yes, so, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that we've, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to get to here between the bears and the Falcons? It was what it was. 27, 24 young way. Uh, hits a couple big, uh, field goals. Uh, I believe one at the end of the half. Yeah. yeah, the kick returned by Cordell Patterson. I mean, he's a guy who I'll always root for. Not against us, obviously. Yeah, like but, that um, was good on him for setting. He was the he set the record, right? Not tied it. That set it. That broke for the record. Kick- he was tied with really Josh Cribbs and one other person for most kickoff returns uh, in NFL history. So oh, also, and this is going to get brought up all the time. I think throughout Justin Fields' career, but like some of those hits that he's taken when the knee's clearly down and he gets rolled or when he's yeah. clearly giving himself up to they slide, gotta, like we, we got to start calling it fair. If that's Patrick Mahomes doing it, if it's, it, I'm not going to say Tom Brady because Tom Brady never runs. Um, you but remember like, the Cam it, stuff though? Cam never got yeah, that stuff. And, you, you, they they got to start giving them. Like yeah. when you're a quarterback and you give yourself up, you're giving yourself up. That, that just because you run a lot doesn't mean we can – let them get hit. Like it's, yeah, that's it's, something that I'd love for the the league to look at and say, all right, we're officiating this guy wrong because he's talented in different ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's never really been. Usually there is, there are a couple guys you can point to that don't get the calls that other quarterbacks do for some reason or another, but I hope that doesn't become like a, uh, an, an ongoing problem here with Justin. Another yeah. ongoing problem I'd like to touch upon here before we get to some other sure. games is 
we got to hit the home runs when the when when we get a meatball down the middle and you got one on one and you got your guy behind the defense. We got we got to start hitting those, and that's something that he did so well at Ohio State. And I don't know why, if it's like a lack of frequency, because Ohio State you got one of those shots every three drives, if not yeah. every other drive, and he's not getting them that often, and you're not going to get them that often in an NFL game because offense coordinators sort of, I don't know, move their chips differently. I'd love to see more of that in our offense because it gets better the more you do it, but yeah. that's a place where, you know, I think he was, he was, this was a, I don't want to call it a regression, but he didn't get any better in this game. We saw those, we saw those couple performances where he was clearly getting better. He was using his athleticism. He was dotting throws here and there. Mm-hmm. He did hit a couple nice throws on Sunday, but the throw to the throw to Montgomery down the sideline where he redirected traffic and just put it on a dime was beautiful. But beautiful yes, that, that deep ball, but especially when the opportunities are few and far between, you people's, we got to stop throwing it into people's face masks and into the back of our teammates heads. Yes. And we got to start hitting long balls. Those are things that you just, that you just have to do or not do. And depending on which one of those things we're talking about, those are cases that have have to be cleaned up um so he can so he can do a little bit more jalen hurts and a little less cam newton and be a yep. passer first and be all these things that we want him to be got to grow in those spots that's that's sort of my parting thought from this yeah. game is it felt like uh it felt like a c it felt like it felt yeah, like we didn't, I, I would we say didn't it, accomplish much yeah i would say it, like c because like he's he still made some you know seriously good plays and like open your eyes like wow but like yeah. you said this wasn't the last few weeks felt like we saw some moments that were, you know, topping last week. Didn't see that this week. That's okay. Yeah. Like it's not going to be perfect every week. It's not going to get better every week. We're all going to have down weeks, but also like if that's a down week for Justin, that's I'll, I'll take that. Let's talk about the week as a whole. It began Let's with the it. Packers losing to the Titans mm, at great. home. Uh, it was fantastic. At 27-17 and it wasn't even that close. Uh, cook them. They're cooked. They're cooked. They're dead. Yeah, it's it. over. Uh, I'm, I think it's going to be another like tumultuous offseason in Green Bay. I don't think that there's that we're just going to run it back. Do you think Aaron would retire? I think he would. I do I, think he I would. I think he would. I, I think really he would, do. But I think there's there's going to be a last ditch effort to get to Vegas with Devonte because that was one of the landing spots that he was connected to last True. year. I think that, and I know Peter King floated Derek Carr in the third. I don't know what that accomplishes for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Other than you, or excuse me, I don't know what that accomplishes for Green Bay other than yeah, you acquire a third round pick. No disrespect. You know I'm a Derek Carr guy. Mm-hmm. But like, are you going to run Derek Carr out there for the next three years and then go get a quarterback? Or are you going to give Jordan Love a chance? Or are you going to draft one of these guys in the middle of the first round? Like, what is your approach if, if Aaron Rodgers isn't your quarterback? Because I, I don't know that. Vegas has given up a first and then letting Carr walk. Like Carr would have to be a part of it. But I think that there is at some point a conversation between Las Vegas and Green Bay about Aaron finishing his career there, kind of pulling a Tom and trying to do two years in Vegas. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me at all whatsoever. I think he's either going... It's hard for me to see him back in Green Bay this year with this with how this is going. Yeah. And again, broken record, but we complimented them last week for Aaron only throwing 20 times. Look at the box score. Aaron threw 39 times this week. Aaron Jones had 12 carries. So yeah. that's just pretty, it tells you all apparent. you need to know. It's pretty apparent. The play calling there has been head scratching. The talent's not there. And you're seeing a lot of frustration from both head coach and quarterback because uh, quarterback's not quarterback's not carrying the team so head coach has got a coach and Matt LaFleur has been noticeably impatient in his uh in his um post-game press conferences in his yep. week-long press conferences uh, get your ear on a little Matt LaFleur if you haven't lately there's 
there's some uh, there's some friction in Green Bay right now. We yeah, I think truth, the serum to hit, truth serum to him. I don't think he'd mind like just all right, like cut, get cut in the quarter there and just get a fresh start. Provided start he was told he had a couple years, like let's just let's start this now. Uh, we covered the Bears and the Falcons, a 27-24 finish. Cleveland and Buffalo. Buffalo, slow to start in this one. Looked completely out of sorts. And then they hit a touchdown before half. Uh, Allen, the digs. I, I don't know. Buffalo looks as human right now as they as they have all season. They have those back-to-back losses, one inexplicable. Um, and, and then they kind of push their food around for 30 minutes against Cleveland. They do win 31-23. Allen does... Um, do what he needs when it's needed of him. But I don't know. There's like, it seems like there's a little disconnect there. There was like a weird, um, there was a weird exchange between Diggs and McDermott where McDermott's trying to like settle Diggs down. And he did, but like settle him down for what? Because why isn't Diggs going to talk to his quarterback right now? I just mm-hmm. think that there's like, I think that um, they thought it was going to be easy button Super Bowl and they're facing some adversity. And I think it's a perfect time of the year to face adversity. Yep. But um, down the stretch, <laughs> Down the Go stretch, ahead. we get we get to watch them tomorrow on Thanksgiving against the Lions, and then it's Pats, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Pats. You get the Pats twice; they should be fine. You get the Jets; probably they're probably, probably hungry fine. after. Yeah, they're probably hungry after losing to them earlier in the season, right? They they dropped. Yeah, they dropped one to the Jets. Yeah, they dropped one earlier um, this year. And then Dolphins will be a good game. Bears will roll us. Bengals, I have no idea what they are. And then Pats will to really round out the season. So I, I think it's good enough to where like. They're going to be in football games and have to accomplish certain things. But um, I just I think they've taken a step back over this last month. I want to see what they look like in the next month. That's what yeah, I'm at I with agree. I agree with you on the it's the right time of the season to hit adversity if you're going to do it. But uh, with the asterisk of provided Josh Allen is like the elbow is not going to be a problem all year. If that elbow is going to be a problem yeah. all year, I don't think I don't think seeing, they're beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. What I'm seeing because I watched it pretty closely he was mm-hmm. inaccurate early in the game and i thought that had to do with the elbow but like when he'd get knocked to the ground he'd have no problem using that arm to get up or putting that arm out for mm-hmm. a teammate to pull him up he's confident of the arm and i mean he made a couple throws the one that digs across the back of the end zone was 100 miles an hour or whatever it was yeah. and, and like he's still it's still there i think he's just trying to maybe negotiate whatever sort of tape he's got on there or a new feel in his elbow after whatever happened if they shot him up like yeah uh, there's he's definitely figuring some stuff out but he looks like he's still got his wits about him yeah i, I would agree with that philly and indy indy had this one indy it was gonna be the jeff they saturday really it was gonna be jeff saturday sign him up for 10 years um against the philadelphia team coming off a loss the week prior against the commander so they weren't really feeling great about themselves but they drive down the field late in the game to come away with the win here matt i think that this was important again really good team in a situation they shouldn't be but executing and maybe we learned something about them in that moment this is the first time that they've i think they went into the fourth down 10 or more is the first time this season was the largest deficit going in the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. they come back to win and that's what you want to see in those types of moments out of your young quarterback yeah, that was really the first time that they were tested this year and won. Obviously, they were tested by the commanders and lost. Mm-hmm. It was a it was good to see them survive a test, figure out a way to win. I don't. I, I would like to see them bounce back this week and play a little bit better. I think they play the Packers at home on Sunday night, right? Um, so that's a, a good spot for them to bounce back. But it's kind of two weeks in a row now where the offense is just kind of. I mean, this was much worse this week than command than the commanders till the fourth quarter. It's just kind of mm-hmm. looked a little bit lost at times, making mistakes. So. 
I don't know. Usually you see teams coming off that bye week and they're they're crisp and they haven't looked the same since coming off that bye week. So want to see a little bit more from them. But it's good to figure out how to win games close late when you don't have your fastball. And that's what they did. They figured out how to win a football game when they didn't clearly have their best stuff. The single best piece of media out of this game was Nick Sirianni after the game sort of jumping up on the bench I saw that, getting, yes. getting his Going chest nuts. to some fans almost well there's a there's a video captured by CBS Sports um, there's a video of him screaming at the fans that's for fucking Frank Reich because he was Reich's offensive yeah. coordinator in Indy 2018 to like 2020 2018 to 2020 I believe it was so you know he's a, he's a staff guy he'll always be a Reich guy probably feels like Reich got the wrong deal and just took it out on some fans that had the wrong jersey on after the game. It was hilarious. Is there a better coach for Philadelphia than Nick Sirianni? Even the name is perfect for Philadelphia, but just it the way good. he kind of carries himself and it's, he feels like a perfect Philly coach. I know that there was a lot of worry about him, especially um, even into early last year, but uh, no, there, that is a match made in heaven. We yep. have the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. New England has now beat New York 14 consecutive games because in this instance, neither team has an offense and with 30 seconds left, the Patriots are, or excuse me, the Jets are unable to cover a punt. Uh, walk-off punt return, uh, essentially five seconds, eight seconds left when he scored uh, by New England. Really a stinker of a game that was capped by probably the play of the week. Uh, and the beat goes on. The Jets still can't get by the Pats. That was my mistake throwing that one out as my lock of the week. Tied at three, catching three and a half. I thought I was safe. I thought someone was going to kick one more field goal. We were going to win either way. That's, that's uh, what the they case. call a bad beat in the business. Not the that's, case. What, that's what we, we hold, call a bad beat. We hold the L on a punt return, Matt. Did you uh, – uh, I don't know. Jets, well, I think I think the numbers say that one of these two teams is going to be in the playoffs. Neither looks like a playoff team to me. No, I feel like whichever team – I mean, like, with where they're at, one of them probably does get in and one of them probably loses, loses in the first round. I'm just – I'm not really impressed by either. The Jets at least have, like, a young defense that looks like it's going to be around for a while. Like, not – I keep hearing the 2018 Bears comparison thrown around. Mm-hmm. The 2018 Bears were a very good defense, but also like veterans and guys who are going to get paid. Whereas this Jets defense seems like they kind of have their guy in CJ Mosley and the rest is a whole bunch of young pieces that's going to be good for a while. Yeah, I think actually for them making this Zach Wilson move now and just being like, hey, not the guy, let's go figure it out now is probably good for them long term in the in the so the mood in that locker room, the vibe with that defense. I think it's, I think it's going to try to maximize that defense. Cause I agree. I agree, but it's easy to say Zach Wilson's not the guy on a podcast. It's hard to say that as a head coach who that completely reroutes your off season plan. Are they done with Zach Wilson? Is this, or is this like, Hey, we got to get you out of there. We got to figure some things out. You're going to get another shot. What is this to you? I don't know how you put it back in. I think it's done. Like it's, it, if it was like, if it would seem like everybody liked him and he just needed a break, yeah, it seems like there's a rift there in the locker room with the defense, with how he's carrying himself in press conferences. Sauce Gardner like the tweet and then saying, "I didn't." I know it was taken out of but there, there out are of some problems. But there's an immaturity level there, yeah. and I, if he carried himself in a more mature way, I would probably say this is just like a hey, we're going to take a step back and reset. But usually, nine times out of ten, when you see this in the NFL, that's that's it for you. The only thing that I'm saying is I, you're, a, you're a franchise at odds because you have a young quarterback who's not ready to win at a defense that appears to be. But 
The quarterback deserves more time than the defense. It's a shame that they've come at odds and they can't play together as a team right mm-hmm. now because that appears to be the like impetus behind this change as well as his shitty play. But the young man has played 20 NFL games. He has played one season and three games of NFL football. How, are, do we know? Do we know? Because it's hard to know after 20 games. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It doesn't look good. There's been minimal moments in those 20 games, but you invest a first-round draft pick on a kid and and are posed with that same problem now moving forward if you're moving on from him. Are we sure? I, I'm not sure, but I'm also – I mean, I think the Jets have a window where they kind of have to make that decision, unfortunately, That's probably fair. a little bit earlier. And if I'm them – I'm on the phone with Vegas and I'm on the phone with the Niners. If the Niners don't win a Super Bowl this year yep. about their quarterback situation, going after one of those two guys. Uh, LA's got a quarterback problem because Matthew Stafford continues to have head issues, concussion again on Sunday, back-to-back weeks. Not never great. would, excuse me, never what you're looking for tied for the worst start through 11 weeks by a Super Bowl champion in NFL history. It's over there as well. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people had like an LA Green Bay NFC title game. I think I'd raise my hand that that was where I was, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it doesn't appear it's going to be the case. LA's goose is cooked as well. Uh, they go to New Orleans. New Orleans wins at 27 to 20. Andy Dalton, again, looks like garbage at times. Chris Olave is going to be really good. But I, my question there is why isn't Jameis Winston getting some tick? I, I still don't get it. We talked about we, it last week. We asked week the too. question. I like, do not I, understand it. Do you really think you have a better chance to win with Andy Dalton? Apparently, Did, yes, at least against the Rams, but I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Like, you know what Andy Dalton is. And, like, when you have a guy like Jameis, you probably know what he is, too. But, like, there's still a little bit more long term upside there, possibly. And is, is either the guy the answer? In all you likelihood, know, no. But you know for a fact that Andy Dalton is not. And you, I'm glad you touched on Chris Olave there. He's. He's really good. Very, very good. But that's the thing is like, we've, we've been here as bears fans before, and I'm sure this is sort of what new Orleans is feeling. It's a, they're squarely in football purgatory, not good enough, not bad enough to get better and not good mm-hmm. enough to win anything. It's just, they're in a weird spot. Um, Detroit looks to be getting better as do the giants, but Detroit goes into New York and puts one on the G man. I think you finally saw some of the inefficiencies of of the Giants and you talked about it when it came to Green Bay the obvious way to win there is to run the football the obvious way to win if you're the New York Giants is to run the football Daniel Jones for, throws for 341 yards and I think that's part of the reason that uh, you lose this one 31 to 18 now they are chasing you do pass the ball a little bit more when you're down 24 to 6 in a game obviously mm-hmm. but um, yeah I think Saquon needs to touch it more than 15 times he needs to amass more than 22 yards he's the reason that this team has seven wins this season you got to get your guy the ball. Yeah, that was a that was a kind of a head scratching loss. The Lions seem to have a little more confidence to him after that Bears win. I'm really intrigued to see what Giants team we see on Thursday. If this was just a blip on the radar, or if this was, and no offense to the Giants, who are I believe headed in the right direction, have the right coach with Brian Dable, but kind of a fool's gold seven and two or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. If that was the beginning of a we're kind of starting to be who we are. So I tried uh, to. I think I tried to pitch it here on the podcast last week that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback for the Giants next year. I could see it for the Jets as well, how you had just mentioned. But Giants fans seem to be in the same place as us right now. Like they love what they've seen from their quarterback the last like month and a half, and they're like, "We're we're a Daniel Jones." They're gonna. I, I think they think they're gonna get some hometown deal with Daniel Jones and that franchise Saquon. But uh, weird spot in New York as well as. Is uh, I'm sure Brian Dable would like to get somebody in the building to consider yeah. like his his project. 
I feel like Daniel Jones is kind of like Mitch where you're, you're going to see some moments from him where you're like, man, like this guy can be it. Like every, like every couple weeks you see it, like this guy can be it. But for the most part, he's just going to kind of manage some football games. He's not really going to do the spectacular thing. Not usually going to lose you a game will here and there, but for the most part, just be fine. And I think this was one of those stat lines that they just kind of saw liked. And I, I, that's kind of what it is to me. I don't, I think going with him long-term would be a mistake. Baltimore, Carolina, 13-3 in a game that was 3-3 until, I believe, the fourth quarter. Um, Baltimore really just let Carolina hang around to this one. Uh, we saw Baker again. We're going to see Sam Darnold next week for Carolina. A lot going on in that building. Yeah. Baltimore gets the win, but this was like a – this was a – you know, they didn't come – they didn't come out – they didn't – they didn't prep the same way. You could see it. They weren't ready the same way. They didn't bring the same intensity. Like this was a, Hey, we could beat this team with our eyes closed performance by Baltimore. Yeah. It was just a little bit of a sleepwalking performance. You see these from time to time. They went, they went out and they got a win. Um, that's probably got to be the end of Baker Mayfield's career as a starter. Unfortunately for him, so. it's just, it's, it's, it's over there. Yeah. Um, but Ravens defense looks very good. And the Panthers actually look like they have some, some pieces on defense going forward. Uh, Burns has been nasty. Uh, Washington been. and Houston, the Taylor Heineke experience continues with another dub. I mean, it's a game that happened. I think that's a game I watched the least of award of the week. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, I'm, I'm still rooting for Taylor Heineke though. Like him. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. Go Taylor Heineke. Uh, Las Vegas beats Denver in overtime. Devonte Adams just, regardless of what this team record, this team's record is still needs to be in the conversation for best wide receiver in the game. He is unbelievable. He dices up defense like few guys. Like if I, I saw a graphic with, it was like start one, sit one, cut one with Tyreek Diggs and Justin Jefferson. And like, we're just, I I guess we're forgetting about Devontae Adams at this point. I, I don't know how I stack those guys up in terms of like, if you let me have my pick, I think it's Justin Jefferson one, and then I get very confused after that. But I think Devontae needs to be in that that conversation. Devontae needs to be in that conversation, and he made that evident again uh, this win against Denver. Yeah, I was just happy to see the Raiders kind of bounce back. And I know it was an emotional week, emotional loss to the Colts. See Derek Carr play play pretty well. See Devontae Adams go off. I'm hoping that they can figure out a way to turn things around because I do root for Derek Carr. And now that Devontae Adams is out of Green Bay, I kind of like seeing him do well. That's kind of a weird uh, – it's going to be a weird one if that hypothetical comes to fruition when uh, the front office come, brings calls Devontae in and says, well, you want your buddy from college or you want your old quarterback? And Devontae's got to be the one who makes the decision. He'll, he'll make it. He'll go and get his old yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah, there's an obvious decision there, but it's just not a fun one to make. Uh, no. Dallas and Minnesota, wow. Uh, 40-3, to three, Dallas secures their largest ever – or excuse me, largest ever road victory in franchise history. I mean, they've played how many games, the Dallas Cowboys, on the road? This was the largest margin of victory, these 37 points over a Minnesota team that was coming off of a win against Buffalo, feeling themselves at home. Let's make another statement here. A big game when it comes to seeding, come playoff time in the conference and absolutely lay an egg. 425, 1 o'clock Kirk, uh, didn't show up. There was no ice to be had here, and Dallas – Dallas, that was a statement to me. That was that that was Dallas saying, "Hey, don't forget about us either." As an actual Super Bowl contender, did you take more away from Dallas's performance or Minnesota's in this game? Uh, I'd have to say both, and I don't want that to sound like an easy way out, but it's both. I thought that was Dallas who was started to make a statement in Green Bay and let it kind of slip away. 
Uh, they really wanted to make a statement on the road here in a tough spot. And I was kind of surprised they were actually favored in that game coming off the loss to Green Bay. Um, just kind of shows you Vegas knows a little bit, but Minnesota just, I don't want to say they are who we thought they were because this is, that was a million times worse than who we thought they were. Yeah. Um, I also don't think they're as bad as we saw from them, but Dallas just, I thought they just executed on a pretty perfect level. They did exactly what they wanted to do. Zeke and Tony Pollard split right down the middle and carries Tony Pollard getting involved in the passing game. Dak being really efficient. Like they, they ran the, they didn't ask Dak to throw 40 times a game too, which I think is, we're starting to see a trend here with some of these teams is if you can figure out the run game, figure out the short passing game, it's going to do wonders for your quarterback. And that defense is just sick. All right, Matt, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, 37, 30, uh, no Jamar Chase, no Joe Mixon, but you got Joe cool and you got another dub. I guess I want to, I want to just gauge where you're at on Cincinnati. Matt, do you know what the Cincinnati Bengals record was last year? Your AFC champion, what the record was last year through 10 games. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's whatever their record is now as well. You are just the context clues never escape. You nailed six it. And four Fenwick education. Six and four kids ready for the SATs because he can uh, he can really get to the bottom of those context clues. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, they're right where they were last year. I know that was a magical run at the end of the season. But where are you at on Cincinnati right now? I think they're going to end up making the playoffs. I think they're going to jump. I think they're right now behind New England and the Jets. I think they'll end up jumping one or both of those. And they are going to be the team that absolutely nobody wants to face because they are <laughs> capable of beating any – that off – provided Jamar Chase gets healthy. Yeah. And we, we it think sounds like be the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and it should be – so by playoff time should be totally fine. Provided that team stays healthy, Burrow's healthy, Chase is healthy, the line is relatively healthy enough, like – that's going to be an offense nobody wants to face. And the, the way their defense put it put it all together in the playoffs last year, shut down Kansas City. I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC again, but nobody is going to want to see them coming into town because they will likely probably not play a home game in the playoffs. But no one's going to want to see that team coming to town because they're just capable of putting up, you know, 37, 35 points on any given Sunday. Yep. Uh, a couple more to get to here, Matt. Uh, Kansas City and L.A. in your Sunday nighter. I mean, amazing game. Anytime those two quarterbacks get together, it is appointment television. Uh, you see what what Kansas City and Justin Herbert specifically can look like when Keenan Allen is out on the field. Mike Williams, that's a whole nother story because he can't stay out on the field. I mean, played like two plays. Yeah. Um, I just think that this was 90 seconds, best quarterback in the world, football weapons it is it's what you've come to expect out of Patrick Mahomes like he goes for 329 he leads those drives he finds Kelsey three times and I sort of think we've gotten desensitized to it and like you can have whatever MVP conversation you want to have at the end of the year but that's the only dude that I feel that way about on a football field he's special no unless something different has less something crazy happens down the stretch of the season Patrick Mahomes is your NFL MVP and very rightfully so um, it's weird because like I was get I, I the Chargers lost another close game, but feel differently about them this week. I like I like the way they look. Just sometimes you get beat by the best and you give mm-hmm. the best too much time. And that's just kind of what happened there. Like they <laughs> left the happened. best in the game. A it was a, it was a great time. drive. It was a great yeah. drive for them to take the lead. Like that was exactly like what you needed. What they needed exactly when you needed it from your quarterback. He dug down and got, went out and got it for you. And then maybe the best quarterback to tight end combo in the history of football beat you. Like it happens. I mean, he, he what, what do you have? 93 seconds. He needed 58 of them or something yeah. like that. Like it was like 
too much. He almost left too much time for Herbert. Like the, yeah. these two guys are just so talented. The offenses are so high powered that uh, I love it anytime they get together. And then in Mexico, Arizona and San Francisco on Monday night, a no doubter. Uh, San Francisco gets it done, and I think that Jimmy G, uh, he's reading his he's reading his receipts as well because. There was that stat that came out after the last win. They're like eight and three in games that he throws no touchdowns and no interceptions, like when he mm-hmm. just kind of hands the ball off. Well, he comes out and throws for four touchdowns in a primetime slot. San Francisco makes the statement that we got more horses in the back than anybody um, offensively and defensively. It's a unit that good luck throwing the ball against because you are under siege almost immediately off the edges. Like another team that it's the perfect time to right now look at their odds because sort of laying in the weeds, not, not totally. I think they're considered to be like a top three, top four team in the NFC, but man, if they're Super Bowls, if they're their Super Bowl Sunday, I would not be surprised at all, especially the way that the NFC is sort of shaking out right now. No, I very much expect to see them, their NFC championship Sunday, just like last week, not sure who they're going to play in that, but that's kind of my expectation is just, I, I think, they're doing what they kind of seem to do every year with Kyle Shanahan. And that's kind of get right down the stretch, put it all together. The running game starts to click perfectly. Jimmy starts to play per, you know, as good as he can. And that's a team that's going to put it all together and whether or not they get to the Super Bowl, I'm not sure, but I expect them to win a playoff game or two and kind of be similar to what I just said with the Bengals for different mm-hmm. reasons, the team that nobody in the NFC wants to face. And I, I think I would have them as my favorite in the NFC right now. Well, well, I'm I'm not far off of that either. I still I think of the Eagles a slight edge um in terms of like I don't know. I guess I guess you you lose one game and I, I give you my benefit of the doubt but San Francisco right now looks to have all the pieces that they could need to make a run at this thing. Yeah. Uh, that was week 11 in the NFL, Matt. I, I sort of want to tie in locks of the week before we say goodbye here with a beat of the week worse than Ooh. me getting beat by a punt return oh, by I got New England. I got one too. If this I, is I not f- on the same, page. I know. We, I know we don't talk about our fantasy teams, but okay. this was this was a special type of torture. Uh, coming into Monday night, I'm playing against Christian McCaffrey. I have Rondale Moore, and I have a nice lead. Rondale Moore goes out there, runs one play, takes a loss. He's a negative six on the scoreboard, and comes off the field with a groin injury. I oh. lost. I lost by point four four in my head to head matchup. I got a negative 0.6 for Rondale Moore. If he would have just not touched the ball yeah. on that first play and blown out his groin, I would have won my matchup. That was That's my tough. that was my tough beat of the week. That's a tough beat. I don't I know I don't I didn't have this, but uh, one of my coworkers had this bet. I don't I doubt you watched the end of the Stanford Cal game very late on Saturday night. I did but not. Cal was uh Cal was up 27-17 with a couple seconds left on the clock. David Shaw trots out the kicking team to kick a 61-yard field goal down 10 as time expires, makes the kick the under, then loses by half a point. Ooh. Yeah, that's a tough one. Meaningless 61-yarder from a college kick. Hey, when you're probably sleeping. Never meaningless from 60-plus. And if you're sleeping and you got a ticket, shame on you. You better be up watching that. Sometimes you fall asleep. Also, we do have a little bit of breaking Bears news here. What's that? Um, Bears... Beat writers uh, at Field spoke after practice. Bears quarterback Justin Fields said that he suffered a separated shoulder with partially torn ligaments. So that sounds like a couple weeks. Basically an AC joint is what he said after that. And I have no idea what that let's, means. Yes, let's let's not, sit him let's, down for two weeks. Let's, at least. We, we're good. We're good. Like just, just get him healthy. But that's your bit of breaking Bears news on the podcast. Oh, well, you got it. You Usually this happens about five minutes after five minutes we're done. After, so at least yes, we got no, it so in. Better, uh, better, t- better timing that 
that we could have asked for here on, yeah. on the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 276 of the pod, Matt. Why don't you send the people on with a nice lock of the week? Both of us hold L's last week, so you maintain your one-game lead. I am 5-5. Five and five. You are 6-4. and four. Yes. You're 6-5. and five. I'm 5-6. Five and six. Yes, Whatever it is. You have I, had one one game, game. I had a one-game lead on you. What are you going um, with so this I, week? You taking I us did, to the Thanksgiving slate? I, I, ch- no, I, so I gave you one earlier before the show, money? but I... I changed through the it changed before the podcast or during the podcast to a different one. Um, while we were talking about one of these games, I have no idea how the Panthers and Broncos go over thirty six and a half. I'm going to take the under thirty six and a half there. I, I that can get that game might be thirteen to ten. Okay, I am taking us to the night game. I believe that on a quick turnaround, the Minnesota Vikings will bounce back against a team that just can't score points. I don't mm. see New England being able to guard Justin Jefferson. I don't see them being able to hang with them on the scoreboard. Two and a half almost seems like a trap line. Lock of I the like week the, with primetime Kirk. I like the Vikings laying two and a half primetime Kirk. You just scared me because I didn't even think of that, but I'm staying <laughs> with the pick. It jumped off the board at me. They're, they're a touchdown better than New England. I don't care what time that game's at. Just, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they just, do bounce back. I don't. They're not. They're not as bad of a team as we saw. And we saw the. I mean, the Patriots' offense was has been just pedestrian. It, it can't yeah. really do anything at one one on a punt return. So I, I, I don't mind that pick at all. All right, that is going to do it for Moose and Runes episode two seventy six of the Pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. We are thankful for you, the Moose and Runes listeners, for always tuning in and uh, get on that Twitter page. Send us those mailbags. We want to hear how your Thanksgiving went. So uh, give us give us any give us any new dishes. You know you know we like a new dish. We I like, do like uh, a new dish. We like we like when an ant comes with something special. We want to, you know, we're, we're a culinary podcast as well. So uh, bring us all the latest from your Thanksgiving table. And I'm told sources, Matt, has, has it been proposed to friend of the podcast, Rob Gallick, that there will be a a, a full mailbag episode in the not too yeah. future? We're, we're not necessarily sure how we're going to operate it, but I think Bears by week. We're going to have friend of the podcast, Rob Gallick, and just come on and, and pretty much just empty his mailbag and let him that. instead of... I'm gonna have him take the week off from from sending the text and be like, "Hey, load him up, and we'll just we'll just come on a on a Wednesday afternoon, and we will or Wednesday morning, whenever we can do it, we'll we'll just get a million questions from you." So I'm I think gonna, that's gonna be the plan for a Bears buy. I'm gonna let the producer handle the logistics. You just point yeah. me to the microphone, Matt. Really. I will do that. Usually, appreciate you as always. A happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Matt, you as well. The people. Later. You're always gonna you're always gonna cut me off. Well, I was gonna say happy Thanksgiving to you. Yeah. Yeah. Later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.